So uh, good to see you guys today. Everybody good? Yeah, this is a good day to be here. Every Sunday is a good day to be in the house of God together and worship God and get loved on. But uh, I'm really looking forward to today and the next bit uh, in front of us. This is our 30th year as a church, and most of you know that already by now. But uh, to celebrate that, we're taking a few moments um, every um, every month and doing 30 days of, we did 30 days of renewal in January, we did 30 days of love in uh, February, and now we're going to do 30 days of goodness uh, in March. Now, um, the reason that we're doing 30, we actually had another uh, title as we sort of plan for this year, but uh, I really have this thing going on inside of me that I just knew I had to get out uh, to all of us, and so I'm looking forward to this because this month, I think, could be an extraordinary month for setting up 2019 to be one of the best years of your life. So uh, let me start with this idea. Psalm 45, verse 1 says, my heart overflows with a good theme. And I think it's worthwhile to understand what are the themes that live in your heart. Uh, what, what story are you telling yourself uh, about life? What narrative do you carry around with you? What is the theme of your heart? Because I really believe that the theme of your heart is actually determining and creating your life. How you interpret things that happen, how you process things that happen, how you look at what happens around you, how you frame it in context with your relationship with God. All of those things work together. And so, uh, so to have our heart overflowing with a good theme is a good thing. And, uh, and I, I want your heart to overflow with a good theme. Uh, not, not a, I feel sorry for myself, or nobody likes me, or everything seems to go wrong for me, or just some kind of crazy theme that you've, you've got to, on purpose, uh, create the theme that lives in your heart. Uh, you may have been handed a theme by the family that you grew up with or some of your experiences, but I think it's always important to shape uh, the theme of our heart out of the Word of God because circumstances come and go, but the Word of God lasts forever. The Word of God is faithful, and God himself is faithful to his Word. So, uh, so I've got a theme in my heart that I want to talk about. Uh, he says, I address my verses to the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So my encouragement to you is to be aware of the themes that are in your heart, choose them carefully because they are creating your life. And if the theme that lives in your heart is not creating the life that Jesus promised, the life of abundance to you, then it's worthwhile to start to look at the themes that are in your heart. And, and I like this verse because it, it talks about what's going on in your heart, but it's also, it says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. In other words, what do you say 
about what's going on around you. And your words have tremendous power. Your words have tremendous capacity uh, to shape your life. So you guys know this. If you've been around here for a while, I, I, you know, I've been teaching this idea forever, but it never hurts to keep remembering over and over. It's not what happens to you that matters nearly as much as what happens in you. What is going on in your heart? What is going on in your head? What are the themes of your heart matter more than, than I could even <laughs> describe to you? Proverbs 4.23 says you got to watch over your heart with all diligence because from it flow the springs or the issues of life. And so even though you're, you get your heart right in a particular season, that doesn't mean it stays right. I mean, you know, weeds can grow in the garden, and, and you got to make sure that you're planting the right kind of flowers and the right kind of vegetables, if that's what you want, uh, the right kind of trees are getting planted in the garden of your heart, and that you're not letting the weeds take over. So life doesn't happen to you, life happens through you. So every one of us wants to say, uh, my heart overflows with a good theme because that's where my life is going to end up going. So what I want to talk about today and what I want to take some time in this m entire month to talk about is the theme of my heart for 2019. And I am typically very goal-oriented. I, I, I like the idea of creating a goal and, you know, my goal could be um, how much I'm going to read my Bible or how much time I'm going to spend in prayer or, or, you know, my exercise routine or how much I'm going to weigh or how much I'm going to give and, you know, just different ways that, um, that I look at life and I go, okay, I want to be better in this area of my life. I want to do better. Uh, I want to take it a step higher. And I like goals, actually. Um, because, because I think it's not just accomplishing the goal, it's like to accomplish a certain goal that takes you higher, it's more about who you have to become to accomplish that than the goal itself. So it's, it's changing your identity, it's changing how you go about life, and uh, so I'm, I'm big into, into goals, but this year... I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was speaking to my heart to lean me away from setting goals for the year and to actually choose to go a different route in my approach to this year. Uh, and at first I started thinking about it like this is my intention uh, for 2019, but I like the way Psalm 45 puts it, um, that this is the theme of my heart for 2019. And I, I don't know if you guys ever do this, but I, like I like to get a word for the year, you know, that sort of, so like 2018, uh, the word that the, the Lord gave me was courage. I wasn't crazy about that word because I knew that word meant I might have to do some things that would require courage. You know, that's like when the angel showed up to Mary and said, Mary, don't be alarmed. I mean, you know, when that happens, it's like, okay. And so when I had this word courage for uh, 2018, I had to make some moves that, uh, that took me out of my comfort zone and 
put me in a place that required some courage. So I was grateful for 2018 to be over. Uh, but actually, everything that God leads you into is a good thing. So my, the theme of my heart for 2019 is to lean in to the goodness of God. So this year for me, uh, and, and I hope for you at, at a, a great level, that the theme of your heart will be about leaning into the goodness of God. So I'm just here to declare 2019 as a year of leaning in to God's goodness. Anybody with me on that? James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good thing, everybody say good thing. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, God is never in a bad mood. He's always in a good mood. Hello? And, and his desire to bring good things into our lives is constant. It is always present. He is, that is always where he's at. That's what the Bible is saying. Every good thing is given from above. Everything good in your life, in my life, comes from God and is from God. So all the good that exists in your life, if there's anything good going on in your world, you got to recognize God is the source because he's a good God. And he's the originator of all the good. And I just, I, I hope to have you convinced by the end of this month that God has good things in his heart for you and for me. I think often when we are, when we are children, um, we don't connect the dots and we sort of take whatever is good for granted. You know, when your kids are, you know, when they're eight years old, ten years old, they just go to the fridge and think, food happens. <laughs> right? They, they put on clothes and they don't even connect the dots that somebody had to make this and somebody had to buy this and, uh, and for me to have it. And they crawl in a bed that they have no idea that what it costs for, to provide that for them. And, and most of us, from the day we're born, experience good things. We may not experience perfect things, but we can experience good things. A baby, somebody holds us. Somebody wraps a blanket around us. Somebody feeds us. <laughs> we can't even feed ourselves. Somebody takes care of us. And as we get older, we start wearing the clothes. We start wearing the shoes. We start eating out of the fridge. We start sleeping in the bed. And at first, we don't even, we don't even connect the dots. Somebody gave this good to me. I don't know, some of you are sitting there thinking right now, man, I wish my kids were hearing this message. 
But I just, I, I want to I help us see something that God is not just in the perfect, God's in the good. And I think it's easy to start missing what is good because we're in pursuit of what is perfect. But God is in the imperfect good. So, biblically, all good things come from God. Good is synonymous with God. All good has its origin in God because God is a good God. That's his posture. No variation, no shifting shadow, no change. That, that's his posture. He is a good God. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, you are good and you do good. You are good and you do good. A good God who does good things. And here's what I, I feel like somebody's even sitting in their head right now. Yeah, but what about, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have we're going to have a good conversation over the next bit. As God's children, we need to start connecting the dots and recognize everything good in my life has come from God. Now, what I want to make sure we understand is that this is not just about good feelings. Although good feelings come with this. Good feelings are actually okay. Can't stop the feeling. This isn't about pop psychology. This is about building your life and carrying the theme of your heart built on the foundation of God's word and God's character. How many of you know there are places where we, we had our own ideas about what God was like, but we had to make some adjustments along the way. Anybody ever had to make an adjustment? If you hadn't made an adjustment, you need to. <laughs> Nobody has it right all the way, but, but this is the word of God. And so I'm, I'm inviting you to open your heart. I'm inviting you to open your mind to God and his goodness. And that you would choose the goodness of God as your true north in life. And for some of us, that will, be, that will be, oh, what a relief. <laughs> I get to serve a God who is good. For some of us, it may challenge our acceptance of what's less than good and somehow sloughing it off and saying, oh, well, I guess that's just the will of God. I'm saying to you that God is a good God who does good things, and every good thing comes from him, and he wants to bring good things into your life. So I want to do, do a bit of a flyover on a few verses that have really spoken to me, and then we're going to do some drill down on these as, uh, as the weeks go by. But Psalm 23, verse 6. So Psalm 23 is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can't wait to teach that. I think that'll be next week. Surely... Your goodness, everybody say goodness. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love 
will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live or dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I want you to leave that up there. Leave that verse up for just a minute because I, I, I want to I talk about this. Goodness and unfailing love, the promise of the Bible is they are pursuing you. They are, goodness is chasing you down. You're not having to chase after it. It's chasing after you. All the days of your life, the days when you're in a good mood, the days when you're not, the days when you think you're all that, and the days when you don't think very highly of yourself. The goodness pursues us all the days of our life. I looked up this word goodness in, in, in the Hebrew, and it could be translated beautiful things pursue me. Enjoyable things pursue me. Gracious things pursue me. Happiness pursues me. Pleasant things pursue me. Prosperity pursues me. Richer pursues me. Good things pursue me. That's a good promise right there. Psalm 65 verse 4 says, How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you to dwell in your courts, we will be satisfied with the goodness, everybody say goodness, of your house, your holy temple. Now, if you notice in Psalm 23, and you notice in this Psalm 64, both of them are talking about the goodness of God and how it's connected or tied to his house. There, there is a crowd of people, uh, there are individuals that want to diminish the importance of God's house, that they don't want to recognize the beauty and uh, the, the place that God's house holds in God's heart. And I'm just, I'll keep banging this drum forever, but God's house is important to God. Church is not man's idea. Church is God's idea. And God flows his goodness through his imperfect church. That's why it never hurts to have your heart attached to the house of God. Because, yeah, it's not perfect. You know why it's not perfect? You're here. And I am here. Psalm 27, verse 13 says, I would have despaired. I would have lost my hope unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on. We live in a day where hope 
anticipation for a better future is being stolen away from so many people by so many things. But the Bible is telling us this idea, and it's going to be great. You're going to love this when we start digging into like the context of when David is saying these sort of things. But I just want to recognize with all of us that life can throw a lot at you. Life can feel unfair. Life can feel unjust. Betrayal happens. Opposition happens. Roadblocks happen. Misunderstandings happen. Mean girls <laughs> and mean boys. But no matter what is going on, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, if you're walking through any kind of a valley right now, can I just tell you that is not your lot in life? That is not the thing that God has ordained for the rest of your life. I believe all things work together for good. I believe no weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 31. This might be my favorite verse at the moment. Psalm 31, verse 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it. Not just like, here's a little bit, don't want you to get too happy about life. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection. And I love this. Blessing them before the watching world. Come on. How you like me now, huh? Yeah? Come on. Not everybody wants you to succeed, but God does. And this verse is telling us that massive goodness is stored up for you, for me. God is not going to run out of his goodness. God has not used up all his goodness in your past. And now you just sort of coast it in, hoping you can make it to the end. He's not running out of it. There's no limit to the goodness of God. There, there's great goodness that's stored up for you. Whatever goodness has happened, I just want you to know there's more stored up than has already happened. I look this word up, how great is the goodness of God. The word great, it means how abounding 
how abundant, how, how, uh, how many, how mighty is the goodness of God. How, how numerous is the good of God, goodness of God. How plentiful is the goodness of God. How powerful is the goodness of God. How prevalent is the goodness of God. And when the Bible says that that goodness is stored up for us, it's an interesting phrase in the Hebrew. It literally means uh, concealed or kept secret. I know, I many of you know when you have your kids and you buy them Christmas presents and you go hide those presents in the closet so that they'll have a good Christmas morning because you don't give out Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. That's wrong. It's not how you do it. <laughs> Christmas morning. And the truth is, you, they, they don't know what you've stored up, what you've concealed, not from them, but for them. So you might be thinking, I don't see it right now. Guess what? You don't have to. Because it's been stored up for you, not from you. God is not hiding his goodness from you. He's actually set it aside for you. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. There's still a massive, plentiful, mighty, powerful, stored-up goodness of God waiting for you. Your life is in front of you. What's happened is in the past. Whether what's happened has been your mistake or what somebody has done to you, it's done. It's in the past. And I think there's a lot of people who keep letting the past run today and ultimately run tomorrow. And they'll recognize my life is in front of me. What's happened has already happened. It, you can't change what has happened. It's already taken place. You, you, what, whatever money you've spent is gone. There's, there's, a, there's a concept in, uh, in, in business, and it's really a concept for life that's called spent cost. In other words, you can get so attached to what you've spent time and money and energy on that you're afraid to let it go even though it doesn't serve you today. It, your 8-track tape player 
is not going to be a part of your future. Now, I have to, this is the thing that I have a battle in my heart because I have, I am a bit of a pack rat. So it's like literally that little screw that I've held on to for 10 years that I don't even know what it goes to anymore, but I'm hanging on to that thing because who knows, one day I'm finally going to realize why I need that little screw. There are stores that sell screws. Kirk. You can get hung up on what's been lost, what's been stolen. You you can get hung up on what's been won and keep looking at it. And going, oh, for the good old days. But I'm just saying to you, all that stuff is in the past, but we're not going into our past. We're going into our future. And I'm just announcing to you from the Bible that God has massive goodness stored up for your future. Jeremiah 31 verse 14 says this, I will fill the soul of the priest. We're all New Testament priests. I will fill the soul of the priest with abundance. And my people will be satisfied with my, everybody say it, goodness, declares the Lord. You don't need to answer this for somebody else, but I think it's important that you would answer this for yourself. What is your soul full of? What is the theme of? Of your heart? Is your soul full of faith? Is your soul full of worship? Is your soul full of gratitude? Is your soul full of happiness? Is your soul full of abundance? Is your soul full of love? Or is your soul full of worry? Is your your soul full of complaining? Is Is your soul full of discouragement? Amen. Is your soul full of lack? Just not enough. I'll never be able to. I'm just here to say to you, this is a year of God's goodness. So 
I just want to talk about one idea. So as you meditate on these ideas and maybe on these scriptures that I've given you today, I'm sure the Holy Spirit's going to take you in a direction that's going to be good for your soul. But one of the things that this is doing to me is I'm reciting these scriptures and declaring them and thinking about them and meditating on them. Here's a couple of things that are happening inside of me. Number one is this, that for this year, I'm going to embrace exactly what's happening right now and locate God's goodness in it. So if I'm leaning in to the goodness of God, then for me, that means I got to lean into ex- what's actually going on right now and trust the sovereign goodness of God. So I am not going to come to church and look for who's not here. And don't think I don't notice. But I am, I am here looking for who is here. I'm, I'm not looking for who's not with me. I'm looking for who is with me. I'm not looking for the limitations. I'm looking for the opportunities. The problem with being visionary, which everybody is at some level, is you're always looking to the future for the vision instead of actually embracing, here's what God's doing right now. It, it gets, you can easily get fixated, I can easily get fixated on what I want God to be doing instead of actually fixating on what he's actually doing. God didn't start to be good because I started paying attention. He's good no matter what and it's about time that I stop and locate God's goodness right now. When I'm talking about leaning into the goodness of God, that means no more complaining, no more looking for the gaps, no more looking for the negativity, but literally trust the sovereign capacity of God and the absolute goodness of God. I'm not going to wait for something else to happen to start being happy about my life. I want to pray with you today because I believe a lot of us 
could make some adjustments in our, in our soul, in our heart, in our outlook. And it might be that you are here this morning and the truth is you have not fully surrendered your life to God. Somehow thinking, I could, I could handle this. I could do this. I don't need him. But I'm, I'm here today to give an opportunity for you to surrender to this God who looks on your life and desires to bring good things into your world. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. Father, as we come before you this morning, our hearts are open for you to adjust, for you to correct, for you to help us, for you to open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, to see the goodness of God in our world. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that maybe even walked in with despair in their heart that an awakening happens. I would have despaired unless I'd believed I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to give this opportunity. If you've never surrendered to Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to pray with you. If you're here today and you know that there was a day when you used to be close to the Lord, closer than you are now, and there's a need for you to come home. Or you just feel unsure about where you stand. I just want to make sure that as we walk out of this place today, every one of us has a a sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of God. I have surrendered my life to his love and his lordship. If there's anybody in this room that would say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray with me? Would you, would you stand with me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, yeah, that's me. I, I, I need to surrender. I need to come back. I, I want to be sure that I'm right with God. I want to make sure and I am right with the Lord. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all just pray this prayer of surrender. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I want to follow after you all the days of my life. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I come to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Come on.